Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good. Good morning. Well, so good morning for you. Good afternoon for me. Where are you? I'm in Italy. You're in Italy. What time is it? It is four o'clock. Wow. It's 10 a.m. over here. <laughs> Where it, are you? I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. I was just talking about Atlanta the other day. Oh, yeah? Tell me about it. Yeah, well, because there's a, I don't know if you know of a, there's a place called Serembi. It's a, kind of like an intentional community that's about 30 minutes out from the airport. I can't remember the name of the kind of like nearest town town. Okay. Um, but it's basically right on the outskirts of Atlanta. And uh, I was just listening to a podcast because I was there two years ago for a biophilic leadership summit. And so I was listening to a podcast with like the main architect, the master planner type of person. And I was like, oh, I need to go back there. <laughs> That's it's a pretty good. interesting place. I mean, it's it's a, a sort of utopian, like they call it an intentional village, but it's really for rich people. <laughs> Mm, that's a hard one to chew on. <laughs> yeah, well, the guy who started it, um, his name is Steve, I think, Nigen or something like that. I think he's of Swedish descent, and he was a big restaurateur. And, I mean, the intentions and the things that he did are beautiful because he, yeah. you know, is following things like... 70% of the place is actually woodland and all natural. Only 30% of it is built. You can't drive cars inside of it. You have like little golf carts only. The cars are actually hidden behind, so wow. you don't see them. So it really gives a village. But obviously being one of the only ones like that in the United States that it's made with that many details took a crap load of money. <laughs> so it's understandable that it's, it's like expensive i do know that the last time i was there they were talking about they had built some like an area of kind of townhouses and they had built an area of like they were building like bullet homes you know kind of like new orleans style homes. okay and then they were looking at eventually moving into kind of more apartmenty type stuff so i think that they're trying to to a certain extent because it is cutesy and i think they do like their kind of mid to high range economic so it's not terrible but it's also a lot of what I've learned is that a lot of the people who maybe even work there in agriculture and stuff live in the neighboring towns. So the neighboring towns are sort of like benefiting from this this kind of village that's there. So it has a lot of positives. You know, it's just sort of here that I live in. A, I live in one of the largest spiritual eco communities in the world, and um, we don't get a lot of money. So <laughs> it's kind of like the opposite, but we have a lot of spirituality and a lot of hard work and a lot of other stuff. And so it's just interesting when they call themselves a village. We're like, can we use other words? Like, you know, really what we would think about as an intentional community? <laughs> you know, you're, you're like a posh, intentional neighborhood. Hmm. Well, really, if you think about it that way and you don't go to each and every corner, then you can't really justify that because sometimes when people come there, like I would come to Italy and the first place I would go to is the best place in town that sell the best pizza, you know? So I would definitely not go somewhere where I would not know five miles down the road where I'm going to next. So it's, <laughs> you know, so when you think about those two things, you realize that yes, they're good, but also there's a holistic vibe to it so that you're not also like 
caught up with what's on the TV or what's on the media. And for me too, I've grown up, you know, in different countries as well. You know, I grew up in Kenya. I grew up in Nigeria. You know, I've grown up in Houston. I've been in Orlando. You know, I've seen different places, gone to Thailand for the holidays with the family, you know. So when you go to different places, you're like, hmm, I wonder what it's like. I've not been to Europe. That's a, that's a fun fact. If that's a fun fact, I want to, I want to go because I really want to explore. My brother has, you know, and I've seen, I've connected with people from the UK. I have friends there. So I know what it's like, but I don't, you, until you're there is when you really know what's going on. That's just the truth. And, and as you, as you just said, until you're living there, it's also another thing. Cause one thing is going as a guest and the other thing is living somewhere you start to see. I mean, what I love about Serembe is that they are, uh, Serembe is actually kind of pioneering. And, and again, the pioneering always takes a lot of money. Yeah. So that's why, you know, it's not a negative thing because when you're pioneering something like that, you're breaking ground into things that people are not allowing, that it hasn't been allowed before, it hasn't been thought of before. So it, it makes perfect sense in that aspect. And Regardless, it sets ripple effects, and there is sort of a holistic sort of view to, as you just said, to the way you live. Like, people are more connected than they are in a traditional city. People do feel kind of like the hometown vibe. People are helping each other, and they're talking to one another, which is some things that aren't happening in our cities and even in our in our suburbs anymore. Wow. So so it's really, you know, when... when when I was a kid, you were you were still playing with the neighborhood kids, and you do see a little bit of that, but you don't see it to the levels anymore for lots of different reasons. And so, bringing that that behavior back, and and that's kind of what we have here. Like we are in a community. There's about 500 of us in this whole area. We're not just all pocketed together, like in one territory, kind of like Serenbi is, but we're we're spread out, and so therefore. Not only do we know each other, all of us, but we also know kind of our neighbors nearby. Like there's already a new, a new understanding that it does take a village, and that's that's the pretty cool part about it. Is mm. you go back to that feeling that the more we're interacting with one another, the more we can help each other, the more we can be there to support one another, the more we can be there to create together, to console each other, like all these different aspects. And sometimes the pioneer, you know, requires things that the the other groups that come after will benefit from and each each location has their own vibe like you just said right like living in the u.s is way different than living in in africa is way different from living in europe and and having that experience i also have lived in so many places as you can tell i'm i'm cuban-american i've lived in europe for the last 15 years so and i've lived in multiple places in europe um from spain to different parts of italy to germany and austria and so you you really do get to experience saying whoa this is way different <laughs> yeah the other, but that's the beauty you can incorporate all of that exactly and, and that's the beauty of having that worldview because mm-hmm. i don't know um yeah the the worldview is very sporadic like that's why people would say even when you're you're making decisions and purchase decisions you would realize that is that from me can you hear what? that oh i i just clicked on something but i don't know if that's oh. what it is okay that's fine so pretty much like if you think about the 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 way we are able to live and communicate because when you grow you, you draw d- different um communities to you 
and you're able to connect with people, especially when you travel. That's why they say that it's better to travel than to just sit around because mm-hmm. when you travel, you actually ex- you're having an experience and you can't buy that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I spent the first year in Europe on a tour. And so I was traveling all over the place and you're, you're in this weird hybrid because we would spend anywhere between three to six weeks, sometimes up to three months in one location. So you're kind of a little bit beyond a tourist, but you're not exactly a local. You're sort of in that middle. Yeah. But that was so uh, nourishing because, you know, you have to get to know not just where like the, the museums are, but instead you're looking for the supermarkets, you're looking for the local hangout bar, you're looking for you know those places where you're gonna kind of start to get to know the people that live there. You're starting to watch the habits of the city and that's priceless because that's yeah. where, like you said, the experience that comes from that. I mean, even if you were to go to, I don't know, people who go to a resort or something like that, if you interact with the other guests, it's all a matter of like interactions. The more you interact with whatever it is that you might interact with, the more then you're going to have an experience and that experience is always going to enrich you. It's going to teach you something. Exactly. It's always going to teach you something. And when you think about what you're learning, it's for you to know the next thing because sometimes if you didn't know that it's like playing a game if you don't open this door in the arcade you're not going to go to the other side you know you have to you have to think about what are the steps because people just want to rush they want to like you know just jump and say oh yeah i made it but if you don't remember how high you had to fly to get there then you wouldn't appreciate the, the the longitude and the latitude and how you're able to look back and be like, that's a long way down, you know? <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. <laughs> exactly. So I would, I would love people to, you know, get to know more about you, what you do, and what what's your 2021 goal? Ooh, my 2021 goal. That's a good question. I, I think I know what it is. Do I? <laughs> we, will, we will discover what comes out of my mouth, because now it's like like rattling in my head about a few different things. <laughs> the floor is yours now. <laughs> huh? So the floor is yours now. Oh, okay. So let's see. You want you want to know a little bit more about me? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Um, so as you, whew, there's so much. So I am. Um, so by trade, right now, I'm a. I say I'm a nature-inspired uh, leadership. Well, actually, let me rephrase this because I'm going to say it better. I'm a nature-inspired mentor and a leadership coach, um, but kind of my big thing is I am a passionate lover of plant intelligence, and so I'm very, very inspired by the plant world, by what plants think, how plants operate, and the reflections of our own lives by learning from the plants, by working with plants. So some call me a world ambassador for plant intelligence. And so in my work with people, with individuals or with groups or with corporations, it's about looking at that natural intelligence, about watching the natural world and remembering that I participate in nature, I can observe nature, but the most important part is remembering that I am nature. Yeah. Because I am a big part, like that's who I am. And so coming back to my true nature, which makes me understand myself from the inside out and from the outside in, working with plants, from a scientific perspective, in other words, learning from the models that they present to us, from a more kind of, um, you could say, spiritual perspective, really working with them, plant communication, kind of a more shamanistic sort of an animistic point of view. And then also from the creative side, like 
that inspiration that comes when we see models that are outside of the normal human way of doing things. And so I work with people and individuals to kind of help them reawaken and reconnect to the plant kingdom and re reconnect with the plant kingdom in order for, for them to really reconnect to their own true selves and understand who they are. So that's kind of a big piece of my work. And you can say that in 2021, I mean, I'm a very aware that extinction is around the corner. Like I really feel that we as human beings are kind of, I don't want to say off track, but we need to evolve. We need to reconnect to that true nature, that true part of ourselves, because from that reconnection is where we're going to evolve into a more uh, connected and aligned society. We're going to be able to work more with other people, with other species. We're going to just completely evolve into this new piece. So my 2021 goal is really about plant awareness, about bringing this nature awareness into the world at a greater weight, to reawaken that connection, to help others not only do that, but become what I call naturally conscious, which is where I am aware of who I am and comfortable with who I am. I'm, I'm seeing the flow of synchronicity. I'm able to guide that synchronicity and make choices and also take responsibility for those choices so that I am doing things in an alignment with myself, but also with my community, whatever that might be, whether that's my family or the people I live with or my overall city or, but also then with the planet so that that becomes easy. Cause today I think we're, we're trying to make it such a mental game like, oh, you've got to purchase this type of stuff and you've got to go and do these types of things. And this is ecological and this is sustainable and this is organic. And this is and it's like, ah, it's too much. <laughs> yeah. But if instead what I have found is that if you're really in tune with with nature from an inside out perspective and you are working with nature from the outside in, then all of a sudden a lot of these decisions may become a lot easier because you're naturally sort of um, you could say better, you're attracted to the things that are good for you and good for the planet. So it's just really changing the way that we think. It's about looking at those models in a different way and interacting at a different way. I think interaction also has a lot to do with who you follow, who you're in the room with on Clubhouse, who you're talking to on social media, how you're interacting, how you're being perceived, how is somebody hearing your voice and checking your tone you know mm -hmm. it's very subtle things but you don't really see that because you can't really see them and you there's no time to do that because everybody's doing something else <laughs> you know yeah well and, and it's funny because i hear sometimes from people I'm, I'm going off of social media because my social media feed is all negative or whatever and to me i don't I, and i'm a huge i've been on social media like i was an early adopter because i worked in high tech so i totally love all kinds of communication, I speak multiple languages. The idea of communicating with people, especially around the world, is just super exciting to me, from traveling to online to all kinds of stuff. So, so social media has been a big part of my life, and I've never had the experience where my feed is all like bad news and crap and whatever, and, and it's because of that, because those are not the people I surround myself with. I, I like dissenting views. Like I have some people on my social media that have very opposite views from I do, from what I do, but they have very respectful ways of, of showing it, of expressing it, of explaining it, so that I'm constantly learning. And sometimes I'm gonna shift my point of view, and sometimes I'm gonna say something and they're gonna shift their point of view. And sometimes we're going to agree that we're both 
doing the right thing for ourselves, which, which does exist also. So we have two different points of view. But when you surround yourself, again, going back to that, I don't sit there and curate. I don't look and say, I'm not going to have that person on my list. It's, it's something that naturally happens because that's where my awareness is. My awareness is looking for those in, you know, those people that are stimulating me, that are thinking outside the box, that are looking at life like a, a fun challenge or an opportunity or an ability to evolve rather than those that are stuck kind of in that. And that doesn't mean that we should forget about the others because, you know, I live in community. So we definitely are always looking to help each other to think and, and people here are way different than I am <laughs> because, you know, American born, you know, have all these different aspects, but that's the beauty of it. We, I learned from their, you know, from the fact that they came from small towns and some of the thoughts that they have. And I'm like, oh my God, I've never really thought about the world that way. Um, but when you look at it that way, you realize that that's always an opportunity for growth. So yeah, surrounding yourself with the right people and feeling and attracting is as much a reflection of what you feel inside. The crappier you feel inside, the, the crappier the people you're going to attract to yourself. Exactly. And it's all about the energy that you bring to, because if you talk to someone that determines whether they're going to talk to you again or not. So each time you keep doing that and someone's talking to you, that's not beneficial to your energy, then you're just attracting the wrong person because you're either faking it or you don't know how to react when something like that happens. And it happens with that mental state of confidence, ego, submit. Am I in the dominant figure? Should I say this? How do I say it? Is it going to get offended? You know, even right. different nuances. I'm sure even in Italy, if I do like a sign language that is different from what is used to, you may think it's offensive. All I'm trying to say is probably hello, but to you, it's like, <laughs> you know, but right. you have to be careful too, because you don't want to be so ignorant that now you look like you're not even caring enough to, to take thought. Right, right. And and that's, you know, with my, with my clients in particular, that's a lot of the things we work about is feeling confident enough in yourself feeling comfortable enough with who yourself that when you do that you're aware of the other person's reaction so you might do like you said a signal that you think is i don't know peace and it's interpreted completely different somewhere else and you see that reaction and feeling confident enough to not say oh my god i'm sorry i'm sorry but, but to be like i just realized that you reacted in a certain way did i say something that offends because this is what i meant and the other person's like oh that's not what it means here and it's like oh interesting and then you open a dialogue so the other part of that awareness is that comfort inside your own skin that that releasing of the biases that have been brought on by our education by our, our parents and our history and, and heritage and saying you know what this is what i who I am today, I'm always open to evolving into somebody else. So therefore, when I see something, whether that looks like I offended somebody or whether I see somebody that's completely different, I come at it with curiosity. Like, oh, I just noticed you did that. Like, did I, you know, where did that come from? And the person's like, oh, because you just did this to me. And it's like, oh, wait, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, let's have a conversation. So really feeling comfortable in your own skin allows you to approach people, situations with curiosity and a desire to learn and accept some of that to come in even if it's very different from who you are because you see it as an opportunity for you to grow in that situation but think about it that's a great point you mentioned because as you were saying that i was thinking about the people who are so used to a normality to a normalcy to a routine to a status quo that has been evolved over years that has been morphed into this thing that you cannot 
but do without or you can't bend for because there's a certain rule that you used to know but right now is probably like words we don't use all the words in the dictionary like back in the day with shakespeare so some words you use today may not be as effective as it was then so when you think about creating that as well with people that do not bend for those things how how do you cut through those those glasses I think that that's where um, that's where really good communication is important. And sometimes one part of it is learning the customs of some place where you go or of who you're with. Another part is really watching kind of for social cues. So being aware, being uh, and this is what the plants really teach us, right? Plants are because they're sessile, right? They're rooted in place of where they are. They're super aware of what's happening around them. And so in that awareness, they make choices. The choice is, do I impose like something like I need this so I'm going to go and I'm going to get it or do I instead set a signal with the hope of a response you know if I'm looking at a pollinator right do I modify myself to make myself more attractive or do I instead you know look at ways to grab that like for example in a Venus flytrap that instead you know grabs their food so there's lots of different ways for them to do it the question and then when you look at that model from myself those are the questions I should be asking myself oh I'm in somebody else's environment. Can I learn enough or at least be aware enough that I don't know that therefore I need to be kind of hyper aware? That doesn't mean I need to excuse and, and pretend that what I am is bad because it's not bad. It's just different. So I might give an extra bow or I might say to them directly, I don't understand your customs. So therefore, if I do something, can you educate me? Can you help me understand the differences? And can we like talk about it? and um, and that desire to to be that open book that does not mean again negating who I am but instead saying I want to learn from you and I'm in your place so therefore I might give you some extra respect and but I also want to share with you where that's coming from from me so that therefore we're on equal ground you're not above me or below me we're on equal ground sort of approaching each other with that curiosity so I think communication is one of Teach you know children and um, the idea of being open and communicative and again not being offended because I'm approaching things from that place of security of of and of curiosity. So those kind of elements together give the opportunity to say that even if we do like I might do something really stupid and I might really offend you, but I don't I don't take that as an offense. I instead use it as a learning opportunity. Because people are different and that's where you see the individuality of a person and appreciate them because if they mask it, you're not going to see the real person and then you're going to think that that's the person and yet you had a chance to, you know, get to know that but you were so committed to what you knew that nothing else mattered or is right or is relevant because it doesn't look like that in your eyes and it's um, it's, it's weird. Yeah, and this is again what I love about working. I was just just right before we we jumped on. I was I was reading some really detailed scientific papers that are having this discussion around plant consciousness and all these. And the big question is always like, you know, here I have a, a species of a plant or you know, a plant. Like right now, there's a plant on my desk that I I work with a lot, but the plant doesn't see the world the way I see the world. The plant doesn't react to the world the way I react. The plant doesn't. Yeah. When, when the plant is, you know, wants to communicate, they don't communicate by opening their mouth and saying things. 
So I have to learn a different form of awareness. And this is why I say that, you know, working, this is why for me, working with the plant kingdom, where I going out into nature and spending time opens me to the ability that I have a lot more senses. I have a lot more ways of getting to know the world and therefore getting to know even other humans than the five senses we've sort of been taught. And if I if I strip off away all my training, all the teachings, all the other stuff that kind of is imposed on me, and I say to myself, what do I want to believe? What do I want to use? And how can I really expand myself? Then all of a sudden that that interaction with other people from very distant cultures, for example, or who knows, alien races will become much easier because yeah. I am already open to the idea that you might be acting in a way that I can't understand. Exactly. I'm already kind of taking into consideration that until you and I find a common ground, the you're like in Bulgaria, the symbol for yes that we use, like when we nod our heads is actually no and no is yes so no like way backwards. yeah and there's like a few little like idiosyncrasies around the way that they move and so if you don't know that <laughs> it's totally wow so those, are, those are those kinds of things where when you start to see the world differently and you're like wait a minute maybe there's an incomprehension here because there's some kind of social norm that's not a norm between us <laughs> right and again you go at it laughing you go at it with the idea of like hey are we just like out of sync <laughs> rather than you're doing this all wrong there's a wonderful game that's that's played kind of in, in and i don't want to give away the whole game but it's used a lot in kind of training scenarios that helps you see that sometimes we operate with a norm, like a social norm that we think is universal. And it can be as simple as um, in some countries, like here in Italy, the part of Italy where I live, you don't really hear please and thank yous as much as you would in maybe an American culture of that I grew up in. People don't say, you know, can you please hand me that or, or, oh, thank you so much for doing that. And when I asked one time about that, I was like, you know, it's really strange to me. I don't hear a lot of pleases and thanks you. And they're like, no, it's implied in the way that we speak. I was like, really? That construction for you is a please? They're like, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> wow. So that literally takes the content into context. And that builds an impression when it's actually expressed. And that changes the demeanor of the conversation. Absolutely. Wow. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. And those are, and those are the things that if you approach it from, oh my God, how rude this person is. They didn't say please when they asked me for that. Then I would never, I would never learn the way that they do it. So by instead asking about it, I was able to hear their, you know, their thinking, where that came from, what, oh, okay, I understand now, and and start to listen for those inflections and therefore readapt my behavior. That doesn't mean that I don't still say please because I come from a culture of please. So I might not know how to do that same thing. So I'll say please still. Like, can you please get me that? Um, even in Italian. Yeah. But I don't get offended if somebody doesn't say it to me because I listen for now other verbal cues. I, I need one more. <laughs> I need one. Like the yes, no is already going, getting me crazy. Now the please and thank you. It's like you, you realize that you're so different that you're so unique at the same time. Yep. 
Yep. And this is what traveling, as you were saying earlier, is going to is changing all of us because now we become a combination of all these things. You know, I might go back to my hometown and use like I already happens to me. I, I I speak fluent Spanish. It's kind of almost it's basically my first language. And um, but my accent is no longer the accent of my hometown. Okay. It's a kind of mix between that mixed with the fact that I used to live in Spain, and it's like you know mixed in with a few different things. So expressions that I use like one day I, I said to my mom uh, I was talking to her on the phone and I always speak to my mother in Spanish and I said to her uh, I miss you but I use the way that it's said in, in Spain she was like I don't know what you're talking about and I was like oh yeah wait sorry and I had to switch you know to a different word same language same basic structure wow. like small little things that you know if she wouldn't have said, I don't understand what you're telling me, she would have never known that I was telling her I missed her. And it's wow. it so inconceivable because, you know, my mom is, yeah, she's Cuban, but like third, you know, very few generations away is Spain. So you think that there's this common thread, but there mm. really isn't. And only because we have that rapport and I know her voice and I know the way she is, that when she was like, you know, could say to me or, or act in a way where she was like, it was obvious she didn't understand, Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Word again, and uh, and now I can mix both of them. But she still sometimes is like, why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because that just starts to make me feel like there is a lot of communication value that's needed. And you started off by saying that with social media in the beginning that yeah, we're on social media, but are we really connected? Mm-hmm. True. It's, it's like true. competition over communication rather than commitment and quality. Yeah, I have I have one of my clients that I love. He's a he's an, an older gentleman. He grew up kind of in a in a in a period in history where you know boys don't cry. You know he comes he comes from originally from Detroit. He's very kind of like stoic. He's an amazing person because he's also a poet. So he was an engineer and now he's a poet and that's his expression. Like his emotional expression comes from his writing. It's beautiful. But what I what I love about that is that his one of his goals like that we work on is that he wants to have deep conversations. He wants to use social media because he realizes that, you know, especially with what's happening, this is the way to reach more people. And he wants to have his commentary, his whether he makes a comment on somebody else's post or whether he posts, he wants it to generate a conversation where you go back and forth and you talk about deep subjects, where you can get into the two sides of the discussion or the three sides or the four sides, where you can explore new solutions and behavior changes and stuff. And, and I love it because, you know, he might start from a creative perspective. He might start with a poem or a song because he's also a musician. He might start with something like that that triggers you and kind of creates that safe space, that space of creativity that allows me to sort of express myself. And there, then from there, the conversations, which are usually quite about like, you know, climate change and like other topics that yeah. are, are pretty you know, political in nature. And he's like, I'm not very good at political conversations. I get too riled up. So he uses his poetry. He uses the arts because he wants to learn how to better have these conversations without going to an extreme, without saying, you think differently than I do, so you're an idiot. <laughs> you think differently than I am. So can you please explain this to me in a way that makes sense to me? Like, 
can you just help me understand where you're coming from? That doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to agree, but I just want to know where you're coming from. How did you get there? Exactly. And, and that gives you a peace of mind when you know that it's coming from a genuine place rather than trying to impose something that never existed. Right. Right. Because there's where we're going to find our common values or, you know, the, the value system that we're using and understanding like it's it's perfectly understandable to me for some people who are like worried about certain things and then they sacrifice others just the same as I am worried about certain things and I'm willing to sacrifice other things. But we might have an overall value system that's shared. We're just making choices on them that are very different. And if we have a conversation about it from starting from the values, we realize, okay, we're not really different. We just, you know, we, we witness the view of the world slightly different. So now that we're witnessing the views, the question is, okay, how do we balance out these two sort of where we're giving more emphasis? Does it matter? Because sometimes you might even come to the conclusion that it actually doesn't matter. I get now where you're coming from. I'm coming from over here. It's totally okay for us to come from different places. Other times you might realize, wait a minute, like, how can we find a better balance? Because this is causing this part over here. Like, did you think about this? And the other person might say, yeah, but I don't care. Or they might come and say, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Like, uh, and so, okay, so how does that affect your values? You know, where where is that in your, in your consistency and thought and your, you know, they say, uh, I think it was Gandhi who said, you know, happiness is when what you think and what you say and what you do are in harmony. They're not always the same, but they should be in harmony. They should be aligned one with the other. Mm. And that that's where true kind of happiness and self-fulfillment comes from. Wow. That that's deep. I like that. It it makes a lot of sense because now you think more about the effect it causes rather than how you feel instantly gratified by what you said. Yes. I love that. That's exactly it. I love that. You see the ripple effects and you think about yourself based on those ripple effects. And it really does it changes your level of satisfaction because if something you know, you might get an immediate gratification of something, but then it has no consistency. It has no, it, it doesn't stay with you. It's just like the moment and all of a sudden, blah. But when you feel that what you're doing, you can, you can, you can follow its effects all the way out. And it's still having that, that positive effect. And then it's like, oh yeah, now that feels good. Like days after, months after, years after. Exactly. Exactly. It, it feels good. And when you mention like plants, and if you go to a place that's deserted, you feel like you can't breathe because you need water. Now you're you're struggling, you know, because there's no vegetation, there's no appeal. But you can't force that either. But you can always create your own paradise, whether you're at home or you're at work or you're traveling. You know what kind of favorite bag you like to travel in. You know what kind of shoes you like to wear. Make that, you know, that should be a habit in how you also adapt to what you actually get to know for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely it. Because that's, that's it. You know, it's we're always a product of who we are, but also our interactions, whether it's interactions with other beings of any sort, whether it's human beings or plants or animals or anything. We're, we're always a product of those interactions. And the more those interactions nourish you, the better it is. And that doesn't mean that they always have to be, I mean, in, in nature, we, we try to point out as much as possible what's called the mutualisms, the mutually beneficial relationships, the relationships where each species 
is getting a win-win from one another. And there's lots of them. And really, competition is very rare in nature. I mean, it's, it's much, much less uh, predominant than we think it is. But competition, selective competition, can be super healthy in short bursts. It, it, could, it could give life to something new. The same as predation, like the idea of a prey, like the idea of parasitism, so you have a parasite. All of these things in the right dose can be super useful. And so when we start to look at those relationships in nature and then we think about the relationships within ourselves, that it completely changes the way I relate to somebody else. Because I might have somebody who's kind of being a parasite and it's a difference between is that person aware that they are in a state of their lives in a period where they need to be a parasite and therefore we're both consciously choosing to accept this relationship. Right. You take from me, like I had a friend of mine who for a few years didn't, you know, was, was she had gotten into a, into a car accident, she wasn't able to work. So when we would go out, I would pay. Economically, I was the one that was always paying. But it was very clear that her that this was just a stage and it was a mutually agreed upon thing in a sense of like we knew each other, we trusted each other, and so it was super comfortable. And there came a lot of time in her life where everything sort of shifted and the relationship balanced out to mutually beneficial. I had something to give, she needed it. We we both were aware, we were both consciously choosing, so it never became a situation in our relationship. But we, so that's why I'm saying everything is, if we were to communicate more clearly about stuff and we were to make conscious choices on it, then all of a sudden it becomes a different, a different value. It all of a sudden becomes something that you know, it could have even been that she might never have recuperated. Then it would be up to me to say, until where can I pay before maybe it becomes a hardship on me? And then we could have a conversation about it or things like that. But there was always an understanding that it was it was a, a, a discussable topic. Like it wasn't a something hidden. It wasn't something that was happening behind the scenes. It wasn't something done with ill will. It was always something that was just clear and open. And that allowed us to shift our friendship over the years from mutually beneficial, me relying on her, her relying on me, and all these types of things. That's beautiful. It makes the dynamics of the relationship even better and more memorable because now you have things to talk about later you know the only right. thing that you have that is closest to you is your story you know right. so if you don't have a story to tell how can you tell that story i like that i like that a lot that because that's it it's it's about telling our story and not telling our story with fear and i you know many of us as human beings were born with this sort of innate fear of, of lots of different things and I won't go into them because they can like open us up to a whole other conversation but the whole point is when I sort of start to strip away that fear and become again more comfortable and confident in who I am and in my true values and the fact that I'm not perfect so I'm going to screw up but it doesn't come from a place of, of, of malice or it doesn't come from like trying to want to hurt somebody or take advantage of it it comes from genuine my, my trying and not being able to accomplish it, then all of a sudden it becomes way easier to have a discussion around those topics in whatever direction that might be. And that's again, what opens those channels of communication. So confidence isn't just about, and you know, getting things done. Confidence is about feeling within your own skin that you are comfortable enough with your intentions and your value system that you can easily share them with another and learn from other people because it doesn't it there's you have nothing to lose you have everything to gain 
Exactly. Everything to gain is is a best reward. I think you can also have for yourself when you know that you really worked your best to get there with all you know intentions of wanting to succeed because you have to actually become the best in what you're doing to become valuable in that success story. So when you think about building that mechanism within yourself, your routine, you know, people actually say there's a book, I think about a four hour work week where yeah. you, and it's like four hours, 24 hours. What's the, what am I doing with the rest of my time? So, cause people just like to be like, nah, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes, but it keeps coming. <laughs> so, so, exactly. so when you think about it, I asked this and also in the last podcast, um, with our amazing friend, Nate and, he and I asked him and he was like, hmm, that's a good question. And I was like, OK, maybe this is a question that probably could keep coming back. And I asked randomly, it was not even thought of. And I was like, when was the last time you, th- you did something for the first time? Mm. For me all the time, because I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm lucky in that aspect. I'm always trying new things. That's my that's my big thing. I'm always like stretching my boundaries beyond. And I have, but I have to admit, right, going back to what you to this topic, I'll admit something, which is, I so I I have I have two older brothers that are way older than I am, and I realized that I got to a point in my life where I did things publicly because because of my brothers, I sort of had always had the ability to experience things sort of before other people did. And so um, I realized that I was only getting into situations. There was a period in my life where I was only getting into situations where I knew that I could do it. In other words, if I had never, ever, 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 ever done it before, I wouldn't do it. Mm. Um, Especially not in front of a crowd. Like, or, you know, so if you go to a class and you sort of know a little bit about the subject matter, sure, I'll talk about it. But if I don't know anything about it or if it's a skill that I don't have or something that I've never tried before, oh, no, I can't. I can't try that in public because what if somebody knows that, you know, I don't know how to do it. It's like, that's the whole point. So the right. whole point is that you're trying something completely new. And it, it took me a few years to, to work through that, to try to understand what, where was the fear come that I felt like people had expectations? Where, where was I, you know, that I wasn't living up to expectations because I was supposed to know how to do so many things or I don't know, I don't even know where, you know, I worked through a lot of it to get to the place where now it's like, oh, wait, there's something new to do here. Me, me, <laughs> I want to do it. I, and um, it's still a little, you know, a little frightening sometimes to not be able to do it but at the same that that is again that's who i am and i'd rather say i don't i can't do it um so that i learn and i keep practicing and i get more opportunities to do it than to not try at all for just that fear somebody once said to me kind of my, my first boyfriend when i was a kid said to me if you um if you want something and you don't go after it you don't get it if you go after it and, you, and it, for whatever reason you don't fail, you fail, you don't get it. So what do you have to lose? Exactly. You might as well just try. Exactly. Exactly. Because you, you might you might end up getting it. Exactly. And when you think about the, the benefits of getting it, as opposed to what if it doesn't happen, 
it's a huge ratio because you'd be thinking on that negative side because you've never done it so you can't jump you can't climb you can't you can't do a sit-up you know you can't do it because you've never done it but when you do it the first time the second time you're like oh is that that was it you know but before you get there you have to cross that doubt that bridge that that self-worth you know and nowadays especially with social media it's so like robotic you know like everybody's trying to do the same thing and it's like why can't i just do my thing but because i get two likes doesn't mean it didn't make sense it's just because either nobody saw it or i don't have the right audience to see it yet yeah or or the audience is also the one that's too afraid to to put themselves out there and hit that like or write that comment i mean we always have to remember that there are people who just want to observe and that's okay they 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 want to read i mean i was I was reading through today, you know, like LinkedIn or whatever, and there was tons of really interesting articles that I was reading, and I might not have liked all of them because I was reading them, and then I would go like sent off to another page as I went, and I went deeper into the article, and then I would forget to come back and like like the original person who posted it. Mm. But I'm still there. I'm still observing. I'm still, um, you know, I'm still consuming, and I'm getting that. And I, it's it's one of those again balances because obviously from a from a business perspective, if you're trying to use something like social media. Or whatever as as from a business you of course want to make it sustainable but that that where that sustainability comes from i think oftentimes gets misplaced on the idea that it's it's about those likes and about those comments only when there is again a more holistic view of am i creating the channels for my audience to come and appreciate my content and consume my content and then reach me the way that they should reach me whether that's buying one of my courses or you know connecting with me one-on-one or consuming this or clicking on an ad or whatever that might be yeah am i creating the right funnel based on the needs of that person if i've got shy people then i don't create something that requires big clicks and huge posts i want to create something that allows them to funnel themselves naturally based on who they are so if i'm a confidence coach I can't expect to have 300 likes on my thing because the people who are reading me probably don't have confidence to do that. Right. So I want to I want to give them a more, you know, a more intimate way to reach me, you know, a private link, uh, a, a message that's easier to reach, like something. They're not going to they're not going to send me a message out of the blue because again they don't have confidence. That's right. Like, they're not there. Type of thing. So you know, how do I make it easier for, for them to reach me in the way that works for them? And again, that doesn't change who I am. I'm not, I'm not a confidence coach because the people who are, I'm not just having 300 people, you know, click like on the contrary, that means I'm probably hitting my audience and my audience then needs to be nourished. And this is another one of those lessons of the plants. Again, they put out lots of nourishment for other species. But they don't try to give, I don't know, sugars to a rock. You know, that's not that doesn't make any sense. Right. They, they work with the other the mycelial networks and with other organisms to make sure that the right nourishment makes it to the right species in a way that can be consumed in the time that it can be consumed. Yeah. So taking that time to sort of study the way your audience approaches these topics is super important. It is. It makes a lot of sense when you now look at the holistic approach. And you're now ordering that mindset to say, this is what I need today. And this is what, if I don't do it today, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. If you don't put gas in your car, you're not going to drive. It's, it, it just beats logic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and it 
shifts the logic because that's the thing. We don't use our logic. We use the logic of the people we want to reach. You know, so we, if we're working with social media, we have to enter into the mind space of the person who we really want to reach and, and what do they need. And, and that might be very different from the way you would do it for yourself. There was a thread once in one of the groups that I'm in that they said, you know, is your ideal client you? like years back and, and most people said yes and I was like no I said I've, I've always been a person that approaches life in a different way yeah that's what makes me so good at what I do my thing is though can I talk to the people and luckily that's kind of my my you know one of my superpowers is that bridge of communication so that I can help people sort of where they are get to wherever it is that they want to go and create those bridges. Their bridge is not going to look like mine. Their bridge is not going to be the same as mine mm-hmm. because I have different characteristics. I have different skills. I have different training. I have different just ways of being. I, I grew up differently. But most importantly is, does the person, can the person trust that I am going to not judge where they are today and together with them, help them kind of encourage them to build the bridges that they want to you know, use in, in their own way, yeah. using their unique sort of way of thinking. I have a lot of lateral thinkers and they always feel like they have to squeeze into something else at the beginning. And I'm like, nope, Mm-mm. we're just going to create a bridge that's made out of your lateral thoughts. That's going to get where you want to go in the way that you process the world and, you know, and the way that you connect with the people that you want to speak with and whatever, whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Exactly. That's beautiful. Wow. I've definitely learned some a lot today. You know, (laughs) definitely, it's been a pleasure having you here, Tigrilla. That's a beautiful name. That's actually what even made me want to reach out to you. Shout out to Podmatch because I was like, that is a really nice name. Where is she from? You know, let's let's connect. So, thank you so much for being here on the Playroom today. Thank you. This has been a fantastic conversation. I'm, I'm really excited and super happy to have had it. You're welcome. Anytime, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Yep. Awesome.